Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty Pod with me, Rich Cooling. Um, absolutely delighted to be to be releasing this to you guys. Um, for those of you who've followed me across from Dynasty Island, um, hello and, and welcome back. Um, for those of you who are listening for the first time, um, so I will be producing podcasts uh, and writing articles focused mainly on, on Dynasty fantasy football, um, taking that kind of longer term approach. Um, and, and looking at you know building rosters over over years rather than a, a redraft mentality. The idea of this podcast is is a to grow a bigger audience for a fastly growing um, side of fantasy football in terms of dynasty football, um, but also to um, to kind of help you guys think about and focus on kind of player values, um, buys, sells, um, kind of rise and falls, and, and why that happens. One of my I guess. Kind of main focuses is around that player value piece. Um, when when to buy, when to sell, and, and trying to kind of ride the roller coaster of player values to reap the best rewards. So to to get you guys kicked off today, I'm going to look back at um, kind of the 2020 season. Um, we're going to look at the DLF ADP from August 2020, so just before the season kicked off. Um, I'm going to identify perhaps some players or some groups of players that were too high or too low and, and perhaps what we can learn from kind of looking back at their values and, and how we can take that into 
you know, our rosters as we move into this off season, but also into next year and, and startups and that kind of thing. Um, so the first category that we're going to talk about, this is the young quarterbacks that were bumped up too early. Um, so this is mainly focused around two guys um, in terms of Carson Wentz, who was the QB7. Um, so he was the 27th overall pick. Um, and Baker Mayfield, who's the QB9, who's the 36th overall pick. Um, you can also probably throw in a couple of others. You've got someone like Daniel Jones or Sam Donald. Um, but I'm just going to focus on these two. Um, so this is, for anyone who's, who's been following me for a little while, this is one of my kind of biggest bugbears in terms of dynasty. I think we're very much age-centric and, and kind of age-phobic, perhaps, slightly, Um when it comes to running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and I kind of get that to a point. But with the quarterback position, you know, and you've got guys who are able to play into their mid-30s, late-30s, even 40s now, um, I think we become a little bit obsessed with kind of raising up the value of these younger quarterbacks too quickly. You've got someone like Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, who have both shown flashes, um, you know, both shown that they can be kind of fantasy viable players but I think to have them in the, the top 10 um, at this point last year was was criminal um, so looking back at the 2020 season so Carson Wentz finished as the QB 19 in points per game obviously he's, he's since lost his job who knows where he's going to end up next year whether he's going to be indeed a starter or, or he could end up being a backup in Philadelphia if they're not able to move him um, and then you've got Baker Mayfield so he's actually the quarterback 27 in points per game yes he's had a couple of nice stretches a couple of nice games but he's also been pretty woeful um, and you certainly don't feel comfortable starting any given week so he, he's if you take the whole season he's actually quarterback 17 but he has played every week whereas obviously a lot of quarterbacks have, have missed a few weeks in and around there so I just think that this is my thought process is we, we're probably bumping these guys up a little bit too soon too early um and I think that you can actually get some real good value from guys who are in their sort of mid to late thirties that are being, you know, thrown on the the kind of scrapyard because of their age, but actually they're still, you know, got another five years of relevance. I think, you know, you look at current startups. You've got someone like Matt Stafford or Matt Ryan um, who are still going to produce. You've, you know, you've even got a Ben Roethlisberger or a Tom Brady who are going to produce for probably the next two years this um, also probably leads me on to the next guy I want to talk about um, and that's Aaron Rodgers so in the um, the start of ADP before the season so he was going as the quarterback 14 so the 56th overall so as you can imagine he was going sort of 25-30 picks behind Carson Wentz and Baker Mayfield now he's finished as QB, QB4 on the season um, he was fifth in points per game um, I think he's you know, definitely going to be in Green Bay next year. His, his contract is movable after the 2021 season. Um, and obviously the Packers have just spent the first round pick on Jordan Love. So I do expect he'll be getting the uh, the crack at starting gig there at some point in the near future. Because um, I wouldn't think that Green Bay would want to waste his rookie contract. But I just think that this shows, you know, this is a guy that has proven to be an absolute fantasy stud when he's, you know, healthy and got a good offence. Um and yet he's being drafted after guys that have, have got significant question marks. And I just think that if we can perhaps take the age question and put it down a little bit down the order at quarterback, um, where it is less important, you know, we, we're not likely to be having the same quarterback on our roster in five, six years. So why do we need to worry about whether you're going to have that guy for the next 15? 
I always talk about building in dynasty in sort of two, three-year windows. And well, I've just said Aaron Rodgers is going to be there for 2021, 2022. That's that's my two, three-year window. If I can get elite production, um, you know, I'm very happy. Even guys in, you know, you look at someone like Tua, who's you know highly valued in current ADP was obviously a high draft pick in terms of super flex rookie drafts. Is there any guarantee he's going to be the quarterback in two years in Miami? Well, you know, <laughs> at the moment he's he's not able to complete games. And I think, yes, you know, he, he's still not fully back from his injury and I do think he's going to be a good quarterback. I don't know if he's ever going to be a true kind of fantasy stud with the way he plays. But would you, in three years' time, would you be shocked if Aaron Rodgers was out producing him until it was a career backup? You know, you wouldn't have expected Sam Donald to be on the scrap heap at the end of this season 12 months ago. Um, and I just think that I'd rather bank myself on kind of someone that's proven that they're, you know, fancy relevant and is probably going to be in a position um, to be a quarterback in, in a year or, or two moving forward. I think I, I recently wrote on Twitter that there's there's currently 18 quarterbacks that I'd feel comfortable having as my QB1 or QB2 in startups. And I think that's, you know, that's never more um, kind of prevalent than this time of year. You're going to have a lot of people that are lusting after those rookie quarterbacks that haven't proven anything. I think, you know, you're still going to see Tua be going in the, the kind of top four or five rounds of Superflex startups, and I just think that for me, let's let's push the brakes on those a little bit, and I'd rather bet on a, a proven kind of performer than uh, than someone that's actually not done anything but just happens to be young. Um, so the next group of guys that uh, I want to talk about. So this is going to be um, again one of my bugbears. Um, so these are the the kind of older running backs. So as a, as a person, I I don't believe in kind of RB twos if that makes sense, as a kind of a value play. Um, and when I say RB2s, I'm, I'm not really talking, you know, outside the top 12, I'm probably talking running back sort of 15 to sort of 30 in terms of ADP. Um, for me, I want either a truly elite kind of RB1 that's young, that's still got probably two years left on their contract, that is going to be, you know, a, a piece of which you can build your roster around, you know, in, in current situations, someone like a, um, a Jonathan Taylor or, or, or DeAndre Swift, someone like that, or I just want to punt the position and, and look at back end, back end backups and, and flyers and that kind of thing. I think for me, I'm very much a stars and scrubs kind of approach to the running back position. I think that if you're looking at people that are in that kind of RB2 mould, but don't have the elite upside of being a, a top 12 guy, but we're just putting in there because, yes, they're going to see some workload. So if I can give you some examples where we were in August. So in August, there were six running backs in the top 36 who fitted the mould of ageing, i.e. approaching the end of their kind of rookie contract or on their second contract already, and with limited upside. So for those, I'd say it was it was Melvin Gordon, who was the running back 19 in, in ADP, Leonard Fournette, who was RB20, Todd Gurley, who was RB23, Le'Veon Bell, who's RB24, Mark Ingram, who's RB28, and Jordan Howard, who was RB35. Now, with all six of those guys, you can say there was a limit on their upside. They weren't going to be, you know, an RB1 probably this year. You can say that the only reason they were being drafted there was because of projected workloads. Well, projected workloads change super fast you know if you look at their finishes this year in terms of points per game so Melvin Gordon was the RB27 
Leonard Fournette LB35, Todd Gurley LB32, um, and then Lev Bell, Mark Ingram and Jordan Howard were all outside the top 50 in terms of points per game. So we were drafting them in the, the fifth, sixth rounds of startups to be RB2s or 3s on your roster, and you were basically saying, oh, well, I can pencil them in for, you know, 10 points a game. But to me, if you take that stars and scrubs approach, you can find 10 points a game from guys who are, you know, handcuffs that perhaps they're filling in for a week or perhaps a third down back who, who gets an increased workload. I, I think those are the kind of players that you can find and pencil in. You know, at the beginning of the year, I was talking about Jeff Wilson as a, a massive, you know, pickup off your waiver wires because he had the opportunity if he got a workload, he was going to produce. And I think those are the kind of guys that if you can have one or two elite running backs and then just fill your roster with maybe 10 to 15 flyers, if you want, for want of a better phrase, a running back. And I think that you're all still going to be able to produce and find that 10 to 12 points a game that you're getting from the Melvin Gordon, some people like that. Um, so, yeah, so for me, I think that if we can take that moving into next year, um, and I just think that I'm going to be avoiding those running backs that are perhaps coming to the end of their kind of contracts and and on in a you know when aren't a truly elite performer like a a Saquon or a CMC or a Kamara, um, but also those guys that perhaps aren't even that old but have just not got that true elite RB one upside. Someone like a Devin Singletree or something like that. Um, so then moving on to the, the next group of players. So this is going to be the young wide receivers. So for this, it's kind of hard to look at this too critically. Um, I think that, you know, with the, the younger wide receivers, it was it was an incredible year. And it's hard to say we underdrafted them as much as we did because you there's always that level of projection and you can't guarantee that they're going to break out. Um, but the, the three I wanted to talk about, so DK Metcalf was the wide receiver 14, um, Kevin Ridley was the wide receiver 16, and Justin Jefferson was the wide receiver 28. Now, all three of those finished as top 10 wide receivers in terms of points of game this year. Um, but you could also throw a, a number of other guys in the mix. You've got AJ Brown, CD Lamb, T Higgins. They were all, you know, essentially absolute bargains at their price in August. Um, and I just think that, you know, this is a point of, yes, we should be kind of valuing these wide receivers we should get in on these wide receivers as early as possible but the breakout's hard to predict you know there's no no guarantee I'm going to sit here and say yeah go out and buy young wide receivers but you might end up with a you know a Jalen Rager or a Brian Edwards and people like that who I still perhaps believe in but not not kind of broken out as of yet and then the the final I guess person that I want to talk about is Michael Thomas so if anyone listened to me this time last year or or certainly read anything that I'd wrote I was calling him an absolute screaming sell at his value he was the wide receiver one overall he was being drafted in the first round of startups as the seventh overall player in Superflex and I just couldn't see how unless he produced another record-breaking year he was going to return any level on kind of the investment you have to pay for him I just think that he had a questionable QB situation he had you know he was getting up there in sort of age and, and into his 28th year 28th season and I just think that he was perhaps going to struggle to to perform up to the level that he did and that that was proved obviously he had a difficult year with injuries um you know he had some um perhaps off the field issues I know he, he supposedly punched someone in training 
but then you know there's there's those quarterback questions rose again obviously Drew Brees had the injuries he had a few games where he played with Taysom Hill now he saw an obscene target share I think he was upwards of sort of 40-50% in the couple of games that he played with Taysom Hill and people might say well that that proves that he can still produce next year if Taysom Hill is the quarterback well to me that's just unsustainable you know you look over the last 10-15 years in terms of target share the truly elite guys are pushing maybe 30% nobody is going to be able to sustain 40 to 50% target share across a whole year. Um, so I just think for me, I'd, I'd be wary paying the price um, in startups of that truly kind of elite wide receiver one if um, if we're tying them to a quarterback um, that's getting up there and, and tying them to a situation that they've had a record-breaking year. Yes, this is me perhaps hinting towards Devontae Adams as, as being a slight sell candidate as we head into uh, to next season. I think he's probably going to be fantastic in 2021. But if Jordan Love came in and took over the quarterback position in 2022, are we still going to be expecting Devontae Adams to be you know on that record-breaking pace? So that's kind of it for me. Um, it was just our idea was just to give you a little bit of a kind of an introduction into me, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to talk about um, through the off season. The idea for this podcast is going to be lots of guests on. We're going to be doing, um, you know, talking through some buys and sells through the off season. We're obviously going to get you geared up and prepped for your um, for your rookie drafts. Talking a lot about the rookie guys. It's you know going to be a fascinating class coming in um, at all four kind of main positions. There's some some really exciting prospects um, and. We will start talking through some kind of startup strategies and that kind of thing. I'll be doing a, a weekly podcast, but you can also check out there'll be multiple articles coming out a week um, throughout the off season, um, covering pretty much everything. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Dynasty Island. Uh, you can also follow the podcast, which is at Five Yard Dynasty. Um, thank you very much for listening, and I will speak to you again next week. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 